Hi team, this is the Be Real With Us podcast by The Path to Goals on a mission to help you quit yo-yo dieting forever, eat foods you love, embrace the strength of lifting heavy ass weights and cultivate an undeniable level of confidence that inspires women around you to do the exact same. We are certified nutritionists and personal trainers who just wanna be real with you when it comes to nutrition, strength, and mindset. We specialize in behavior change, hormones, metabolism, sleep, stress, recovery, and mindset. If you are frustrated by all the conflicting information floating around on the internet, well, don't worry because we are here to call out the bullshit and help you stop overthinking and start doing. Billions of these humans, humans spinning on a ball of confusion. confusion. Some kids I went to school with, school with. gave up on their dreams, they said screw it. Screw I it. said, oh, I'ma make some music. Even if they tell me it won't do shit. Do it. Damn, I fucking knew it. I'm blowing up quick. I said, boom, bitch. I could give Welcome. a few tips. Listeners, we are the duo from the Pastigals team. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Shantae. Today we have a very special guest, the most specialist. <laughs> Our moms are here. We have Charo Gold and Christina Alvarado. Christina's my mom and Charo is Shante's mom. And we're excited. Today we're talking about, we're going to give our moms like really a chance to share their perspective on raising daughters during the 90s and the 2000s. What it was like feeding a family during that time where like, Weight Watchers, Atkins Diet, Low Fat, No Fat uh, was being really pushed to the American family from people like Oprah and Dr. Oz and news stations and magazines. And so we're hoping our moms share their perspective and thought process when trying to provide nutritional meals to their families uh, for what was available at the time for them. Yeah. So um, in last episode, Alyssa and I have shared about our experience Growing up during that time, our relationship with food, how that transferred over into young adulthood. Um, obviously, you know, Alyssa and I are, you know, living in a generation where we have so much access to information. And obviously, you know, we're health coaches working in the industry. And so um, we have, we just have different perspectives. Um, and, you know, it's funny when my mom and I talk about these things, or even, you know, my mom and I and my dad, um, it, it's a little challenging getting on the same page sometimes because we have so di- our our experiences are just so different, and so um, because we had the opportunity to share our experience, we wanted to give you guys to share your experience as well. And I think this is going to be so helpful for moms because diet culture, I mean diets in general, and food rules and all of those things, that stuff is never going to go away. It just changes as generations go on, and so I think a lot of um, it would be inspiring for a lot of moms to, you know, just hear a different perspective mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And picture this, like we're in the nineties, like let's go back. Like hindsight is, what does that say? They would say hindsight's 2020. 2020. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, it's so easy, especially for us to be able to look back and criticize the the nineties. Right. But when you're, sometimes when you're in it, like you don't really see or notice what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I know for me, it's like, 17 magazine and cosmopolitan and you have like kate moss it's like the heroin chic was in back then the calvin klein jeans they're like clinging on these skinny models bodies like their hip bones like that's the things that we were seeing and that was just like the norm so mom i'm i'm ready to ask you some questions <laughs> ready sure. okay well this is this is an easy one um so can you recall we've talked about this before but what was your relationship with food growing up and if you wanted to share with our listeners, just like how you grew up and what that looked like during the time. So I grew up in a time where uh, I was from a large family, the youngest of six children. My mom stayed at home. She cooked meals every night. We rarely went out to dinner. Um, I was a fairly picky eater. So food was never uh, an issue for me as far as uh, overeating or, or craving anything in particular. To me, it was just something to get done and out of the way and move on to the next activity. And this is as a young child. Um, my mom is Italian. However, she probably was ahead of her times as far as um, she always had balanced plates. So every night we sat down with dinner, we always had a protein, a vegetable, a starch like rice or a potato, 
and salad. And in our culture, we always eat salad last as dessert, kind of. Um, she was on a budget, of course, stay-at-home mom. Dad's a fireman. So our meals were probably derived around coupons and what was on sale, seasonal, things like that. Um, but she also always made desserts, um, sometimes incorporating bananas or like banana cream pudding, something like that with vanilla wafers. We always had Napole Napoleon ice cream, which thinking back, it has what strawberry, vanilla, chocolate, something for every kid when you have six kids in the, the house. Um, I don't ever remember necessarily being restricted, but she also was very frugal. So we didn't have Captain Crunch unless I begged for it or something sweet, like super sugar crisp cereal. Um, and when we did have those things, it was definitely a reward. Like, you know, it was a special, very special a splurge. Yeah, yeah, splurge for her. Um, I think as I became a young mom, I, I was married young. I had Alyssa at 24. Um, we owned a home. We I worked full time. I was commuting from San Diego to Orange County. Um, I cooked very similar. Uh, but let me back up just a little bit because there was a very big key thing that happened right after I got married. And that is my husband decided to become a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, a vegetarian. And this was a huge change because everything I learned was roasting a chicken, making a roast beef. And I'm like, okay, I'm 25 years old. And he suddenly decided to become a vegetarian. And he didn't care for fish or anything anyway. So we really cooked a lot of pasta. My mom, again, being very concerned about protein would just, what's he going to eat? What's there for Jesse? He needs to get his protein. And I was like, I don't know. There's beans. He'll figure it out. You know, <laughs> um, I really, to this day, you know, it, it lasted for about 15 years. Um, so this was, this was pretty huge in our life because Alyssa and Austin, my son never once saw my husband eat meat and I did still prepare me. I still grilled and we did those and I made him grill. <laughs> and it's funny because my sister married a vegetarian as well. So we both had these husbands at Thanksgiving that wouldn't eat any of the, you know, the, the turkey or whatever. Wait, so what did dad say when I said lions got to eat? Like, <laughs> I was always very much not picky at all. So we have this little saying, he used to come in with my grilled meat off the grill. And he goes, here's your deaf meat. Okay. <laughs> he would grill it. <laughs> He would still help and participate in cooking. Yeah, and and honestly, he didn't mind touching it or anything. My my brother in law wouldn't even touch it or or like let a spatula touch it or anything. Um, but the reason behind this is my husband grew up in a Hispanic family where they ate a lot of rice and beans and heavy carbs, and he was considered himself overweight as a young man. Now, when I met him, I didn't think he was, but he always carried that food issue a little bit with him. And he, he also was in construction and was eating a lot of food out, uh, you know, hamburgers and things. So I think for him, he decided to trim down. He would avoid meat, uh, hamburgers and those things. And then he said he saw this thing on 60 Minutes about the way they process Gosh, 60, 60 Minutes. minutes. <laughs> Try to Remember, this minutes. is in uh, 1986. Okay. So 60 minutes showed how they bleached the chicken or whatever. And he's like, gross, I'm not going to eat meat anymore. So that's that's kind of, um, you know, how we just yeah. made meals in the house. I shopped with coupons as well and looked for things on sale. And I would bring chips and things like that into the house. Again, I, at my highest weight, was 110 pounds and I'm five foot six. And that was just a natural sin. My my mom never dieted. My sisters were always very petite and tiny. So uh, weight was never an issue. I didn't really pay attention. However, I was very into my looks. I was very obsessed with modeling as a in high school. And my obsession was like fashion modeling. So our diff we did a lot of, my best friend and I did a lot of pictures, photos, model shoots. Um, and it was all about being skinny, right? And even though it sounds like me and Alyssa, 
But we had magazines. I, I tried out for modeling contests for teen mags. I actually won regional and was featured in one of the magazines. But, you know, we had Brooke Shields and Kathy, Kathy Ireland, Cheryl Teagues. They were beautiful and thin. And, um, you know, you just thin was it always. Um, you can go back to the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, the 90s. Every decade has their diet trends. And, of course, as more products are available, like uh, fat-free became so, so pushed in the 90s. It didn't mean calorie-free, but people thought it did. Maybe you saw fat, low-fat, fat-free. Um, and, of course, they have to replace the flavor with sugar and things like that. And so, yeah, that was a big trend. You look for no sugar. Uh, and, of course, they use, uh, what was it, Splenda? Mm-hmm. or as- I think the first one was as- as- aspartate. Is that how you say it? And then um, saccharin, and later they're like, oh, those cause cancer, you know, <laughs> it's always something. So in the 90s, I guess this would be as perfect segue is like, how did you, with given the information that was out there, the low fat, the Atkins, I don't know if we want to touch on that too. Yeah. Um, how did you decide to shop and feed? Because I do remember growing up, um, you know, always having, we always sat down. This is something that I'm so grateful for as a family for dinner. We sat down. There was always a, a protein, like my mom said, a starch, a vegetable, sometimes two vegetables. Um, and now I'm trying to remember in high school, I think a lot of the time, did I br- do you remember if I brought my food? A lot of times I feel like I ate out at, in high school, but can you remember how you kind of fed the family around that time? Well, definitely you had a completely busy schedule. You were usually in one to two sports. Mm-hmm. And of course you had a full-time or not full-time, but a job starting when you were 15 and a half, you got your driver's license at 16. So you were constantly either going from school to sports with Shantae as well, because mm-hmm. you guys were on the same team, uh, to work, uh, which was evening shift and then homework. So to be honest, probably during the 90s when you were in high school, well, I guess high school would be 2000s. 2000s. So maybe this would be more middle school. You know, we had busy schedules. I went to part-time work, which helped. But uh, as far as taking lunch, I I, mean, I can't remember. really sure if I remember. I I probably made things available that were more fast or easy to grab and take. Um, or you would just come home from school and eat a snack or something like that. Yeah. But, um, uh, you know, when you were really young, we didn't have access to a gym in Oceanside. I actually would leave you with your dad and drive all the way to Encinitas, which was about 22 miles round trip just to do workout classes. And I was always very active and did a lot of sports and things like that. Of course, equestrian and uh, any kind of class that would come up. But then when the gym opened near our house uh, and I joined, we did hire personal trainers. And it might have been around that time, Atkins, although Atkins was introduced probably in the 80s, it became huge in the 90s. And the idea was you could eat high protein, a lot of like fat, just yeah. fat and things like that. Uh, good fats and bad fats. But it's like keto. Um, it's just another word. Very version of keto. <laughs> you know, it's again, keto rebranded. Drop a lot of weight, you know, and drop a lot of weight. And so I don't remember the exact day, but uh, we decided to do Atkins. Now, I'm then you remember why or in. I'm thinking I hired a personal trainer because I probably started naturally gaining some weight. Um, I've used to being very thin my whole life. Even when I was pregnant with both children, I never was, I was so, so thin. But then as I entered my late 30s, 40s, um, of course, weight comes on. You get maybe less active or I'm sitting around watching your sports and not actually (laughs) participating. And so we joined the gym and, you know, I'd hired a personal trainer and I, I remember I, although I thought I understood food, I mentioned to her like, well, I eat grapes and things like that. And she's like, you know, grapes are high in sugar. (laughs) And she kind of pointed out like it's food is, you know, how you eat and everything is, is maybe not what you think. Like you think you're eating healthy, but there's healthy and then there's like low calorie i guess i don't know yeah. um i can't remember exactly 
who was uh, this well my my trainer was at a point again because yeah. I'm like I I eat really healthy I eat grapes and I remember saying you know fruit and it's like well that's good but that that's also high in sugar you know uh, I think oh, well, um, natural sugar I think that's a really good question is what does health mean to you and I think that is a different def- different definition for everybody and. It could be weight management. It could be the food quality. It could be calorie intake. It could be um, an overall feeling, an overall lifestyle. And so um, was your intention at that time, uh, obviously it it sounded like you were trying to manage weight, maybe lose a little weight at that time, but is that how you defined health at that time since you were trying to have a better understanding of what nutrition was or what was considered healthy and not healthy? Yeah, I think like anything, you, you want to go on a diet or lose some weight. So you sort of go with the ideas of what you saw in the past. So cottage cheese or, you know, vegetables and fruits, um, maybe cut out what we call junk food or things like that. But then you're not really seeing the weight come off. So you're frustrated. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons... I hired the personal trainer. Um, I don't think I necessarily wanted to do the weight training part of it, <laughs> although that was a big part of it. Um, but yeah, so food, food. I think the information you get, especially when by the time I was in my 40s, has been something that I've been reading through magazines for four decades. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there are all those things that were out there, the Atkins, the Weight Watchers, Lean Cuisine, and the different programs, Slim Fast, and of course, uh, Diet Pills and things like that. Um, uh, Slim Fast, I believe, owned Dexatrim, which was a, a weight or appetite suppressant, and FinFin, and then people were on the FinFin kit. And then late years later, they found out that was damaging their heart valves, and they removed that off the market. So many so different diet pills out there. So many... But now we're on Ozempic. Now we have Ozempic. Right. Exactly. This is, and this is kind of scary. Like people say it's very safe, but is it? Yeah. You know, yeah. We don't really know. But one thing I will say is that my parents did model being active. My dad was always going to the gym playing basketball. My mom, it was, it's interesting to see that she hired a trainer. um, And she actually hired a trainer for me when I was um, getting into, what was that, my uh, sophomore year, maybe? I was volleyball. I wanted to become, competitive and i guess like, we had the same uh, trainer monica yeah maybe so i think you had signed up I and decided, or i signed up and then got you or um so i did have those things modeled for me and the one thing i did appreciate is she did have a lot of variety in the house um it was never limited um but i think just the combination of growing up in that decade <laughs> um it has a big impact right like i think she modeled some great behaviors as well and then Obviously, I think we our family did fall victim to be like, oh, well, we want to lose a little weight. Well, let's do the Atkins diet. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. funny part about the Atkins diet was my husband was a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah. So we had uh, kind of a fight. We decided to do Atkins. And I said, well, what the heck are you going to eat? Because you don't eat meat and you can't eat pasta. So what are you going to do? And, and anyways, we got in a little fight. We all went out to dinner and it happened to be outback steakhouse and we sat down and now this is a man that has not eaten a bite of meat in 15 years and the kids have never seen him eat me the waiter comes and he ordered chicken, chicken. <laughs> and then he got up and went to the room we all just like and we all just stared at each other and said oh daddy daddy ordered me and, then it the whole, and this is when the whole family was on Athens. So my brother me my mom Oh my god! Catch back, and they served him. He starts eating, and we're just waiting for something to happen, like self implode or something. <laughs> I didn't know what. I thought maybe he would have like stomach upset or something. He's not he, ate it. He didn't say a word. You know, because he didn't say a word. We're like, wish you see what happens. And I think he remembered how dang good meat was. <laughs> and after that, after that, dude. He loves. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure every vegetarian or vegan that goes back to meat always questions themselves, like, why did I even stop in the first place? Because I don't even understand. Sorry, any vegans or vegetarians listening to this, but um, it is always a question in my mind. Um, kind of cool. Well, uh, I love it. Thank you so much for sharing all of that, Tina. That gives us a 
good perspective and some insight on what your experience were was and Alyssa as well. Um, so, Mom, it's your turn to share. Um, wait, your relationship with food was growing up. I think that you have some similarities with Tina because she was also, you know, always really thin. Um, I- I'll just let you explain your experience. <laughs> Go ahead. Sure. Um, similar to Tina in the sense that my mom, you know, grew up in a big family. Um, my mom cooked wonderful meals. Um, it was just that my mom always had, you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And, um, so as a child, I was very finicky. Um, I was always slender, small, thin. I mean, it was just, it's just, it was the way I was born. I was, you know, I was always naturally thin. And my family never accepted that. And they always wanted me to wait. And so, uh, well, can we, can, can I um, add to that a little bit? Um, it's a little spotty or Wi-Fi is a little spotty. Um, but I just want to make a note that my mom is Peruvian. She was raised in Peru. So we're Latina. We have a really rich Latin cultural background and so within the latina culture we are just a little bit more curvier right i mean a little bit more curvier a little bit um more heavy i guess i don't know if you want to call it that but just um just the nature of of latinos i mean women you know curves and um things of that nature are appealing um so when you were thin, it, it, I suppose he meant that you weren't fed well, or I, I'm not quite sure exactly. All I know is that I was very small, you know. And so, yeah, my my mom specifically um, just never gave up on me gaining weight. And so it was a bit of a struggle because she would follow me around the house with the food and and she would make these concoctions with liver and all this, just um, just trying to make me gain weight, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it just never happened. Uh, so that's my recollection. I don't have really exact memories about what the meals were. I just know that they were wonderful, and my mom was a great cook, and I ate as I needed. So that started uh, my relationship with food. If I was hungry, I would eat. And if I wasn't hungry, you know, I didn't. And so I felt, I've always felt that way. Even today, mm-hmm. I feel that your body, uh, you know, tells you. And so, and I believe my body. And so if I'm hungry, I eat. And if I'm not, I don't. Um, so one of the things when I moved to the States and this was 85 when we migrated to the United States. Um, one of the things that I was astonished with is the amount of junk and junk food that people had in their homes. I, I never really understood that. Um, the amount, uh, when you go to the grocery store, uh, the overflow of, of of choice it was just shocking and striking and so i knew what was healthy and what wasn't for me for for me and for my family and so that from where you came from correct i grew up in by we didn't have we didn't drink soda we didn't have chips we didn't my mom hardly ever baked uh, we were full with the meal he prepared and having a treat, having a a dessert, it was it was something special. Uh, we would sometimes do it on a Sunday. And, uh, as we after church, we would go to the local bakery and you know have maybe ice cream. But that was like a big thing. Uh, we never drank uh, sugary beverages, so I my palate wasn't used to that 
But when I came here to the States, I just couldn't believe it. Every time we were invited somewhere, uh, people have a display of mainly junk food, chips and and cookies and and soda. Soda was huge, or still is, I believe, up until today here in this mm-hmm. country. People mm-hmm. still drink soda. I mean, I'm still. I mean, people drink soda in Peru. I mean, we're just there in Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. I mean, well, let me tell you something. Things have changed. I'm talking about when I grew up there. Right. Uh-huh. I was I was 20 when I moved to the states. Mm-hmm. So we that was not the norm before. Okay. So it sounds Things like it changed drastically. Okay. Uh, just worldwide, quite it's- clearly, and it it has to do with wealth. Basically, it has to do with the ability to to purchase these things um you know we lived in a very comfortable home we had everything we needed we lacked nothing so i don't know sodas were just sodas and chips and cookies were not part of our diet mm-hmm. so it was we're a it was so it was hard to come to the States and see that so common. Okay. It was right? so difficult. It was so difficult. And then, too, I mean, when I married your father, uh, Michael came. Obviously, he was raised here. And he had that dire for sugary treats. And he was used to this culture and eating a certain way. Mm-hmm. Uh when we got married, I knew early on that that wasn't going to be our home. Uh, Michael really sort of adapted to that, although it was struggle. It's still a struggle at times. Um, look, I'm not quite sure exactly how Shante views the, the growing up and how... I managed the food situation here in our home. Uh, for me, I did the best decision uh, for us. Mm-hmm. And I bought, thought was healthy for us. Mm-hmm. I never learned how to cook. Um, so, I mean, my mom never learned how to cook, but she cooks really well. I think um, every time she cooks, she, like, her meals are just amazing. It, the thing is, she doesn't like to cook very similar to me. I don't like to cook. <laughs> or like to cook. So, I don't, that, um, you know, in fact, when Shante was small, um, and she has her own memories, and I have mine, and so, you know, this is sort of like a combination of both, I suppose, right? Um, yeah, I, I never really actually cooked that often. And the very few times that I did cook, it was a big deal, right? Shante would call her dad, oh my gosh, mom's cooking. Or my mom's cooked today, you know, and, and so it was a big deal. But I always had healthy foods in the home. I never had junk. I never bought chips. I never bought cookies. I never bought anything that I view as... Uh, Bad for your health, bad for you, bad for me, bad for my child, my husband, and my mother. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, and so I think that's where we have just different perspectives because obviously, you know, when you come to my house now, I have all those things. I have ice cream, I have chips, I have cookies, I have all that stuff in uh, my cupboards. And um, I've over the years, I've basically learned how to manage that with just having it available and eating properly outside of those snacky foods, right? Obviously, if you're not eating enough of the right nutrients, eating enough well-balanced meals, you're going to crave cookies, chips, ice cream all the time because you're not feeding your body the right nutrients. And so over the years, and just with coaching and knowledge and all of those things, I've kind of um, learned how I can have all of those things in the house and not overeat them because I prioritize whole foods outside of that. And so um, what are what are your thoughts on that, Mom? I know that your strategy back then was, well, these things are unhealthy, so I'm just not going to have them in the house. And now I have a different perspective of, yeah, these things aren't the healthiest, but I'm still going to have them in the house. But I know how to manage it. I I can manage it pretty well. Sure, you've learned to do that, though. You, you yeah, have learned. Yeah, for skill. Yeah, 
um, I, I mean, back then I just didn't buy them because I didn't want to bring the house. I, I didn't feel we need them. Um, no one ever, I don't recall you viewing, you telling me, mom, can we buy some chips? And can, you know, I don't recall that. I don't, I never, I, yeah, I never asked because I always knew what the answer was. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was going to be lost to their way. Yeah. Sure, so. sure, sure. Um, and, and another thing, what do I, I know, well, I just want to add to like, it just, the, the rules with food in the house, it was just normal to me at that time for our family. And so when I would go to like Alyssa's or other friends' houses and I would see things like chips and like cookies on like the counter, I would also be shocked <laughs> and surprised because I wasn't used to that. And but and then there was also, you know, that I had this like tug of war conversation in my head like, oh, my God, that's so unhealthy. How can they have so many things in their house like that? And then there would be a part of me that would be jealous because I wish that we could have those things in our house. And I wish I could have some sometimes, you know? Um, so it felt, um, it, it was just like a interesting experience of, I know what was normal for us at, at our home, but then I would see different things with friends or, you know, other people's houses. And I would just be surprised and confused in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, and I, another thing too that I wanted to add was that um, I wanted us to be healthy. I wanted us to, to make sure that, uh, you know, the meals that I bought were the correct meals for us. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I was shocked about other people's homes, so bottom line is I don't care as yeah. long as my home remains this way. So well, I what, understand that there's no judgment about anybody else's and how one else choose to raise their families that's just what i chose for me uh i never craved it it wasn't here now the, i have to say this though because uh michael my husband has always had a very sweet tooth and i believe tweety you're the same way <laughs> and so I, I, my mom calls me Tweety, by the way, if you guys. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Tweety, little girl. Those are my nicknames. Okay. It's okay. Um, so in the rare occasion that I would buy something and it, it would just disappear in a matter of hours. And I just, I just couldn't handle that. Like, <laughs> can you just have one or two and not like the entire box? But do you know why that is? And I think we've talked about this. Do you know why it would not last in the house very long? <laughs> well, I've heard you say, I mean, through your, you know, reels or through your sites, I've been able to learn. Through my uh, I, I learned so much actually watching you. I'm like, oh, really? Um, so... <laughs> Um, yeah, well, go ahead and explain why you think it is that you guys could just have one or two. Well, I mean, just, and Alyssa, you can chime in too. I mean, the more you restrict something, the more you want it, right? And so this idea of somebody not having control over food, over uh, like anything that you might crave, like let's just pick chocolate, for example. A lot of people will identify with, I just don't have control over these things. And a big reason why they don't have control over it is because they never allow themselves to have it. They think it's bad. They have put labels on it that um, deem it as like, okay, well, this is bad. I shouldn't be eating this. And so I'm going to restrict it or get it out of my house. So I'm not tempted to eat it. But then what that does and what that causes is when you are around it, it makes you want to eat not only a piece, but all of it, because you don't know when the next time you're going to eat it <laughs> you never have it our, our brain is very archaic it it, it goes into it, back in the you know gay mandate or whatever if you want to say it that way but um when food was scarce and when there's scarcity when we come across food right especially high calorie food like sweets our brain goes oh my gosh we don't have the opportunity to eat this go 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 eat it now as much as you can because we don't know when this opportunity is ever going to come up again but it's so interesting to even knowing these things, even as a mom now, right now, I'm a mom, I could come with a mom. Um, I still feel some kind of way. Um, I obviously know these things and I want Camila to have a healthy relationship with food. 
But I even still have this tug of like, oh my gosh, like she wants the chip, chocolate chips. Do I give her the chocolate chips again? Like she, she's asking for them and setting boundaries. And yes, of course, I give her majority of her food is going to be non-processed whole foods. Um, and I try my best to give her what she's craving, like some chips or some chocolate with meals. So what I try to do is neutralize it, right? Instead of being like, you have to finish your broccoli or so you get these chocolate chips. I go, no, here is your broccoli with your chocolate chips and your chicken and your rice, and you can eat this all together. Um, and of course, there's times where she wants chocolate chips and she cries and she screams. I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, chocolate chips aren't available at this meal. But maybe the next time, maybe tomorrow or this weekend, we're at grandma's, we can have some frozen yogurt. Of course, she can't conceptualize the future, but eventually she will. Um, and there's definitely times where she cries and throws a fit and she wants it and she, it's not available. Um, but so I can see as a mom having those feelings of like, oh my gosh, is she getting enough nutrients? Especially toddlers who are super picky, right? Kids can be picky. And so I I, I feel it now. Like as a mom, I, I feel I can totally understand and empathize with that. Um, the other day when I was watching Camila, it was lunchtime and I put her food on the plate. I, I think she saw a cookie or something in the cabinet. She threw a little fit. I thought, okay, I'm going to try everything it gives me. I'm going to give her the cookie as part of her lunch. That was hard. Like, I've seen Alyssa do this, but this is not in my mindset. Dessert is something after you've eaten the healthy food, right? And uh, maybe even used as a reward, which is definitely something for my generation. Um, and so I put it on the plate and she took a bite and then she put it down and she proceeded to eat the rest. Like, it really wasn't as special as I thought she was going to make it be, you know. And so I was pretty impressed with how you're like, we talk it. It worked. You know, that's actually pretty <laughs> yeah. amazing. That's what, um, and something I've never seen before until I watched you guys doing this, um, our guest Alyssa, because she has a child, but mm -hmm. uh, putting this dessert with the food and it's just like, wow, okay. <laughs> she really doesn't care as much about it. And it didn't mm -hmm. kill her appetite or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you were going to say something, mom. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Is there a, is there another question? Um, uh, no, I'm, no. Um, yeah. I, yeah I do have anything else. Yeah. I mean, I do have a couple other questions, but yeah, I mean, that is kind of, I guess our thought process now is we, we do try to neutralize foods. And I know for myself, um, I, with all the processed foods and all the snacky foods that I have in my cabinet, I, I really don't think about them that much. Honestly, I actually forget that they're there sometimes now because I, it's available whenever I want. And when I crave it, I can have a serving or two and then just move on. And so that is the ultimate goal, you know, for the clients that we work with, for our messaging when it comes to, um, flexible nutrition, a healthy lifestyle, right? I think um, we just, um, like I mentioned before, I mean, we have different definitions of what health means um, based on, you know, how you grew up, different generation, what was available, right? For me, um, it has a lot of different meanings to it. But when, when it comes to food specifically, it's really just understanding what your body needs, um, eating enough to um, have energy and achieve your goals in the best way possible and to do the best work, right? And also um, not having any fears or rigidities around food um, because that was me for a really long time, right? Even though like um, those things were eliminated growing up, I still had an a obsession about certain things that I didn't know wasn't normal until I started learning these things because it was just so normal at that time. Um, you know, one thing that I talked about was I remember uh, you would buy the tiger milk protein bars from, <laughs> from Costco. Do you remember tiger milk protein bars? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think they sell them anymore. Thank God, because those are not good protein. They're, they're taste like chalk. Um, but I, <laughs> I, would, I bought those too. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I would be I would be obsessed with them because they I just would pretend that they were chocolate. <laughs> I then the three layer of chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> and and because I can I never had chocolate. And so 
to me at that time. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) I'm serious. Okay, wait a minute. Let me just say this about you. I I never had chocolate or I never had this. You had chocolate, you know. What did I have chocolate? I mean, we we had, look, it's it's so interesting that obviously you're a young, you know, you, you and Alyssa, you know, young mothers, uh, with um, great guidance about nutrition. It's so important for you guys. Uh, and it is, and it's very important. Um, we, or I myself, I can speak for myself, of course, that I've had my own guide, you know, and my guide was, we're, we're going to give you a treat, a treat special, and a treat will be Sundays. You get candy once a week. And she'll get, she would get a few pieces of candy and that will be that, you know, uh, now my mother lived with us. So my mother would sneak out some chocolate and give it to, you know, her grandkid, which is, that's what grandparents do. And I think it's lovely. Mm. So you did have, you did have access to, to sweets. It was regulated for sure. Um, it wasn't laid around in the house, but I, you did get that. No, I, I, I know. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not saying that I never in my life had chocolate, and you know, Tiger Milk bars were the only, like, cl- the were the closest thing that chocolate Treat, that I ever had. Right. Yes, I, I know that there was once a week where I was allowed one piece of candy. <laughs> yes, yeah, I remember that. Than one. That's fine. Okay, th- yeah, this is where me and my memories, I could get to don't get on the same paper. I think that's very contentious. So we won't spend too much time on this because we just have different um, perspectives on certain things, which is totally fine. But um, I mean, aside from these things, I also want to highlight that my, I mean, aside from like the rules and regulation around specific foods, uh, I mean, my mom is a huge inspiration when it comes to taking care, putting herself first. And I, w- I really want to talk about this because a lot of moms really, really struggle with putting their health first and they'll always prioritize their kids and their family before themselves. But mom, you have always put yourself as number one. And what I mean by that as is you brought lunch with you every single day. And not only that, you you spent your lunch hour exercising. And on top of that, you were working full time, taking care of me, which let's be honest, I was a brat during the, co- the high school years, you know, so I definitely wasn't easy. And um, my grandmother, your mom was Tita, was living with us and she was very sick with Parkinson's disease. And so we had to obviously take care of her. So you're you had a lot of things going on. I'm, I, I can only imagine how stressed you were at that time, but you still exercised, ate as healthy as you could, prioritized yourself, and I mean, you still did your hair and makeup every single day. And that's yeah. <laughs> also something yeah. that I I admire because my mom just prioritized herself at all times. Like she would never leave the house without looking like a freaking model and with like a nice outfit with her with her uh, meal preps and exercise every day. And she still somehow just managed all of these things. And I can say how much of an impact that has made for me um, because now that is just my mindset. I know that it can be done because of you, because you did that. Thank you for saying that, little girl. (laughs) If if I can add this, if I can add this, um, growing families, I mean, every growing family has always challenges. Mm-hmm. They're always there. They will always be. Um, in my case, uh, growing up, uh, I was always used to exercise. Mm-hmm. Actually, my father modeled that for us. Um, and that was just part of me. I have always gone to the gym. When going to the gym wasn't popular, I've always liked cardio. And even though I've I've been slender my entire life. I need it. I crave it. I desire it. So uh, that for me was part of my routine. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting ready and putting on makeup and looking the best I could with the gifts that God has given me. 
uh, <laughs> that was something that I enjoyed. And but two, I had a husband who I loved and adore, and I, I, I mean, he is the love of my life. I had my little girl uh, who was our who our only child. She's our only child, and we were obsessed with her. We are obsessed with her currently, and uh, just you know everything we did with it for her and then i had my mom who for so long was such a staple in our home and uh she was ill for most of the time that she lived with us and my goal was to make sure that she was well and well taken care of but i also knew that and i and i worked full time right just like you mentioned but i also knew that i liked doing all these other things and i was going to somehow Make it work. work. Yeah. And I was able to do that. Looking back, I'm thinking, my goodness, how did that effort even happen? But you did. You did. You made it happen. And so I want to ask you, I mean, what advice would you give young moms who are trying to balance everything with work, raising kids, cleaning a home? Okay. And that's another thing, too. She, oh, her, not her, home, yeah. her home was spotless. spotless. I've seen spotless every, Yeah. <laughs> being raised okay well I mean it wasn't that fun growing up because I only had my room to keep things messy and then you know everything else was like museum you can't like put you can't put your your purse on the counter I still can't when I go over um but it's okay I mean I I get that from my mom as well and so yeah I mean just everything I mean I just saw you literally do it all and do it all very well and so what advice would you give young moms who are really trying to balance everything you know I thought about that earlier early on and this is the only thing I can say to young moms like yourselves you can only do the best you can I mean try to do what you can and try to do the best you can and that that is that is the only advice that I have each person each family is different there's different dynamics I had your father throughout the journey was such a support and it still is um and such a team player he was always engaged and involved and we did it together and and i can really look back and obviously i have lots of regrets right i have i wish that i would have been more conscious about what he meant when I didn't buy the treats, what he meant, you know, for, for my daughter, mm-hmm. right? I wish I would have known that, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. I had no idea that she was, the impact was going to be so severe for her. Um, but this I know. Everything was that out of love and it was the best I could. And so that is my advice to all young mothers and families. Do the best you can. And Yes, that's great advice. I think because a lot of moms put pressure on themselves with being perfect with everything and doing the right things at all times. And so I think hearing from somebody who's been through it, (laughs) telling you or sharing their advice of, you know, just doing the best you can is really solid. I don't know, Tina, if you have some advice for young moms and trying to balance everything as well. Well, I didn't have the internet when the kids were little, but I had neighbors and we all had little kids. So I think if you can connect with other moms and get real, because a lot of the things you see are not real life. Mm. Um, be gentle on yourselves because you think you, you see these pictures on you know Instagram and everything with these beautiful families and everybody's matching and they're smiling. You're going, well, they got their crap together man i don't have my like how me and Alyssa take a while the time <laughs> <laughs> you know wait are, are we one of those family don't just kidding <laughs> but that's not real life uh sure. real life is your kid has mismatched shoes on or maybe they're fighting you about what their outfit they want to wear and they have dirty clothes and you're upset because you didn't get to clean it the day before um i mean that's just life and I think it's more important to just kind of pick pick your battles. Um, look at each activity as sort of like, okay, how important, if I look back on this day, a year or two from now, will this matter anymore? Mm-hmm. And really prioritize things that need to be prioritized, which are obviously health, um, 
maybe time spent as much as possible and keeping yourself available and healthy, of course. So I would say prioritize yourself first. If that means getting up a little bit earlier, taking some extra time to prepare for the day to make things go a little smoother, um, that's that would be my recommendation. And definitely connect with other moms, whether it's a mom's group or a play dates, things like that, so you can help support each other. I remember growing up, all the moms on the block had a sign in their window. It said block parent. And you knew when we were playing or if there was a problem, after school, you could go to that house and that mom would be there to support you. And I, clearly moms are working these days. There's not as many staying home, but it's just that support uh, because you need that. You, you, yeah. you, there's no real roadmap on the right way or the wrong way to do things. Sometimes you need fast food. Sometimes you're not going to cook. Sometimes it's cereal for dinner, you know, but uh, I think just, do the best you can and don't feel bad or feel like you need to uh, compare yourself to what you're seeing. It should be the right way to do things. Solid advice, guys. Thank yes. you for sharing. Thank you. All right. Well, I think that is a wrap. Thank you, moms, for <laughs> joining us and you know talking about all of these things and giving our audience a different perspective when it comes to just, you know, being a mom and navigating the world of nutrition and fitness in different generations. So with that being said, oh, some last minute announcements. Um, so we are doing a live Q and A. Um, we have a form where you can fill out your personal questions when it comes to fitness, nutrition, um, health, weight loss, fat loss, building muscle, Whatever questions that you have that you would like some clarity on, uh, the form to fill out is in the description of the show notes. And yeah, that is all for now. But until next time, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. bye. <laughs>